side joint Ooh, cold side joint Hello, Jesse, and welcome to a podcast you may have heard of, Coldside Join. It rings a bell, and thank you for welcoming me. You're so welcome. We're really happy to have you here. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to drop the bit now. Uh, I am very happy that you're here on what is in Idaho, at least, a cold, dreary, dark, dark night um, on the week of Thanksgiving. How is it for you? It's all those things here, and a person I once married came and got his son after two months today, so this is my first night, like, without, like, being on, like, full duty and making someone else meals and, and, like, listening to a a wonderful, the patterings of a very thoughtful child. Yes, yes. Uh, wow. I am, yeah, no, it's it's nicely cold. And I was just pointing out to you, I have a brand new green sweater with pumpkins on it she that does. I really wanted when it was $50 and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I finally was like, I deserve that pumpkin sweater. So I went back to get it and it was on clearance for $10. So yeah. And now tonight is wow. my favorite episode of the season because it's the one where I just sit back and hear a story and I have no idea what's coming. I've got a mug of my favorite tea here. I had some butter cookies, but I ate them. I'm Mm. ready. I love that. It's really a post butter cookie kind of story. Um, So I'm glad that you (laughs) were correctly on pace in that oh, way. And just before I came in here, I ordered a rug off Etsy and I was trying to get uh, uh, like gifts for Solace for Christmas. And that led to me like impulse buying a front door rug that says, hope you like Taylor Swift. Yes. Okay. We so love to we hear are. it. That's amazing. Okay. So you've got the cozy vibes on lock. It sounds yeah. like in Southwest Missouri. And that's yep. what we like to hear. Okay. Yep. Well, we're just, it's cozy coast to coast, except for our coasts are super inland in the U.S. and uh-huh. not actually all the way out to the sides. But that's the coasts of cults I join, I guess. There's, for today, there's a for lot now. of religions that would argue that Missouri will st- soon be coastal. So I've just, I'm just well nope. invested in my property is what's happening. True. You are invested in a long-term beachfront sort of situation. <laughs> and I respect that. Uh, yeah, well, I'm excited. It is the one night of the season, the one night of the season. I guess that's true, but what a dramatic way to say it. It is the <laughs> one time um, in the season where I get to do the hosting and you get to I do the it. reacting. Um, we're definitely, I'm hoping, going to get a little bit of feedback input, but I don't know what your engagement is with this group. Um, because we're doing the little swip swap reversal um Jesse does know what the topic is, so we yes, can't play any fun true. guessing games per Aww. usual. That's okay. Um, also, you listeners know what it is because you selected the topic, so there's no one that's in the dark, so we can really cut right into it, probably. Um, but I do want to start pre-episode. I wrote this down in my notes in very big letters, so I would not forget it. And that is that we have a Patreon now, if you didn't know that. And you and subscribe to it and get more bonus content that is, I think, pretty good, pretty interesting. I don't know. You could ask somebody else that you know that subscribes on our Facebook page if you want to. But I would like to think it's pretty good. Jesse, what are your thoughts? 
I actually am like, I'm loving making it. And usually uh, like as a working artist, I have learned that when I love making something, it other people have a strong tendency to like it. Um, so that says a lot about my earlier work, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I, I'm loving the Patreon. It's so much fun. You know, the listeners that we have in there are being kind of prolific communicators about what they like about it, which is pretty cool. I'm getting a lot of emails and feedback, um, which might accumulate into a whole episode of itself because they have such interesting thoughts on things. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the Patreon is, is kind of rocking it. We just covered Shiny Happy People. The last two uh, Patreon episodes, and those will be coming out in the next few weeks. And then we're covering the first two episodes of Sister Wives, which oh, I right. obviously am well versed in, but Amron has not indulged in. So I'm really excited to uh, to get to that. And uh, yeah, we've just got all kinds of fun things. What's the last thing we're recording in Patreon? Do you remember, Amron? I'm so excited. I do, but I honestly cannot remember the name, so I'm gonna have to volleyball it back to it. Starts with a oh, K, okay. does it not? I can't remember exactly. I literally don't remember the name of it, but it's the documentary oh, no. that just came out on HBO uh, about Love Has Won. Yes, that is so exactly much right. eye socket glitter, which I yes. assume comes from Hobby Lobby. Yes, we're really excited to share that with you. Um, and I haven't. You know, a lot of this content has not, to my current mind, been heard. But at the time that you're listening to this, who knows where we'll be at? Um, <laughs> we <laughs> are going to be covering a lot more stuff. Yeah, but we're already well into it. And you'll get all of the content we've already covered uh, anytime you subscribe. So that is Yay. all of the sales pitch that I have for you. Um, but really, it's more of an invitation to get to know us a little better. That yes. costs a tiny bit of money, if we're being honest. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. There's an analogy about a cup of coffee that could be made here, but I'll just say I myself subscribe to several Patreon podcasts mm -hmm. and it's well worth the five bucks a month for each of those to me because it doubles the content. And if, if I like your content, I like your content. As as I've mentioned on here and as my therapist says, I'm very black and white. And if you like us, <laughs> you might be that way too. So we suspect if you like one episode, you'll like two episodes. And we do do a different format there. There we're covering things that we've both paid attention to together, uh, at, which is very different than out here where we're mostly surprising each other with stories with the exception of today. I did have one announcement, if I can throw it out before we get please, going. I forgot please to do. warn you about this ahead of time, but I feel like it's important. So uh, I've mentioned, I think a couple episodes back, we're in November right now in real time. It's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, and we are uh, this, or I should say this November, I did a different podcast, like a their episode with them. I they interviewed me, and that is the uh, Intentional Communities podcast. And so um, it was really fun, and it was really cool. And I guess it's getting good feedback for them. But here's my announcement: first of all, go listen to that because it's the Inside Community podcast. Um, they're really every I've they interview really interesting people every single time, a lot of whom I have also lived with and known in community. So I, I think of that, like I know the kind of people that they're interviewing. Um, they're pretty good at their, their gig, but all that to say, I did this interview and I told a little story on the interview that I didn't tell how it, it ended up and it's upsetting people. So I just want to like end the story here, hoping that there's some overlap and people can feel a little less traumatized Amron, have I told the story about the guy at a commune I was at that uh, told me he was going to poison the lunch? 
I don't think so. No. Okay. Okay. So it was just real. This is a quick story. I was, this is, um, um, I, I mostly talk about how much I love community and how much I, I love being in community, but there can be really difficult it for as community magnifies everything. And I've said this before too. So your great times are extra great, but your bad times are extra bad. It's kind of like being in a hallucinogen all the time. Um, and so I was in a really bad place in the community. I had no friends. My boyfriend had moved to a different commune. I was totally alone. I was miserable. People were clicked up. They were mean to me. I was eating lunch alone at the beautiful outdoor picnic tables. It sucked. And during that time, uh, a man, a longstanding member, like kind of snapped and decided that he saw God, where as before he had been like an atheist, like a real level-headed guy. He snapped, he saw God, he was like having a lot of um, visions and he came to, and he was the lunch cook at the time. And he came to me and he was like, Hey, I just want to give you a heads up. God told me to poison the lunch. And he told me to only tell you because you're the only one that he wants to spare. And I was like, all right, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just went on about my life. I didn't, okay. I just didn't eat lunch. <laughs> that was what I did. You were good on lunch. And so that's the story that I told. The And so then everyone was very upset. So the end of the story is he did not poison the lunch. And shortly thereafter, he went on to greener pastures. And I don't know what happened to him after that. But I've heard of no mm. other commune lunch poisoning. So I think we're all good. So apologies. Okay. But people seemed very upset. And the, the other podcast contacted me and they were like, hey, can you follow up on this? People are very upset. So for our listeners, he did not poison the lunch. However... I was not in my best form. I just didn't eat lunch. I just made my own like quesadilla. Okay. Okay. All right. I can understand. I can understand why it would be a bit of a cliffhanger and people would have some questions. I totally get that. I can understand getting carried away as well, but I'm glad we've settled it. And now everybody knows there. We don't think any trouble has come out of that, though. Hopefully that would be Googleable at this point. Um, You know, like that knowledge would be available. I think so. I think so. So I feel pretty good on it not having happened, but I'm glad to know. There's nothing to Goog. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. I did not let my comrades die. I would have. Was willing for it. I didn't. But God wasn't willing for it. No. I'm kidding. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. And please regale me with the fat bottom girl you've brought me today. I'm so excited. cannot wait to introduce you to my newest lady uh, in the collection of Fat Bottom Girls. If you're new here, that is, of course, how Jesse and I somewhat affectionately, as as white women, refer to multi-level marketing schemes that are actually pyramid schemes. Multi-level marketing. Make the rock and world go round. They sure do. They sure do. And... Yeah, today we are talking about somewhere that's a double feature. It's not just a little bit culty, arguably a lot of bit culty. Some people, mm-hmm. I saw more than one source. It was actually harder to find sources that did not call out <laughs> cult-like status. That's oh, not, man. like, people really feel that way. Yeah. Uh, this cult has its buttery, soft, occasionally moldy roots just all <laughs> over, all over this country um i try to do research into the international aspect of lularoe it doesn't seem like it really got 
super far off the ground. Okay. It is yeah. U.S. based. Um, but I did just want to go ahead and say it seems like we were largely the victims um, over here. Okay. And yeah, there Victim is slash wearer of some great leggings. Hello. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Some vibrant, heavily patterned clothing. I will say that there is just so I don't misrepresent it, a LuLaRoe International. So I'm sure that there are branches mm. out there. But today we're going to be very specifically and largely talking about the U.S. You'll understand why I feel fairly confident saying that. Um, I will say some foreshadowing. LuLaRoe, still a company today, technically. Oh, I still didn't know that. Okay. Um, I was surprised. I'm just so that's my first shocker. I feel like LuLaRoe is a fairly common household name for some I think people. So. Yeah. Yes, I think so. It was so that honestly is kind of where I wanted well, to tell start us out. What it is before, in case people don't know, what is right. LuLaRoe? Yes, no. Other I think than that being a, probably an overview. Girl. Do yes. Other than being a a scheme, you're wondering what is it that they're scheming about? It's mm-hmm. not just leggings. I did mention, you know, leg. There was a nice colored legging that we mentioned, but this instead um, was a company that sold, you know. Like I said, still a company today, so a variety of cl- clothing products now. But in the beginning, a limited number of clothing products that were mm-hmm. in their peak, sort of like mass distributed, but had a reputation for being kind of stretchy, soft clothing. Um, I'm using a lot of conditional, somewhat vague language, because as we go through the history, you'll find that the product changed quite a bit as time went on. And now, if you go to their website, you'll find things even like denim there which is something that really? you know anything about. yeah exactly if you know anything about the ah. midpoint i can tell you do it by your reaction um of this in like the 2010s not yeah. something you would expect as much no, maybe like a uh-uh. denim colored legging but not so yeah. much anything else so they actually have quite a few products now um Weird. not popular as i'm sure we all know they had a documentary that came out and absolutely wrecked them a few years ago so yeah. that set them back a little bit um but yeah we are talking about a multi-level marketing company that in its peak and as it's most commonly known was distributing leggings and other soft stretchy clothing um, largely through stay-at-home mom distributors um, which is something we'll put a pen in and that is a pretty commonly known fact about the company I would say overall the distributors were just were just shockingly in that category less blonde though I will say yes of a requirement to just be blonde it's true it's true that is kind of a a leg up um there are definitely traits that lula rose shares with a lot of multi-level marketing companies um but this is definitely a female targeted company um Mm -hmm. i want to clarify kind of up front that this was never really a uh group that was targeting anybody else other than women uh they do have children's clothes and at different times had children's clothes uh, but even those of course were marketed towards the adult women um and not actually the children themselves so right Sort of like a, that's kind of a good high level place to start. Um, just to give kind of foreshadowing for pretty much everything we'll talk about, uh, but in more detail. And yeah, I'd love to ask you how, in their heyday, um, do you know when, do, do you, do you feel in your heart? when their heyday was we'll get to it but i've asked this to several other people in anticipation of recording this and they said yes they knew distinctly when the lularoe rise 
was. And I'm wondering okay. if you feel that too. You don't have to give me numbers. It's not a test. I'm just curious if it was like a part of your life in that way. So I'm not good at this particular game because pop culture usually filters into me very slowly. I am fine. sort of like all those movies about like the weird girl, like starring Molly Ringwald or something like all those movies about the weird girl who's like in the corner scrawling her art and can't keep her hair brushed because she's like <laughs> doing her thing. But then you find out she's secretly hot. That's me. But there's no like twist where you find out I'm secretly hot. I'm just that girl in the corner making her weird art. And so, uh, so I, I always am a little bit late on on picking up the social norms around. Like always, I'm just I'm always late on it. Except Taylor Swift, who's an artist. No, you know what? I hated her when she was super <laughs> popular. It takes me a while to get there. I'm sorry, so Taylor. She's been um, up a while. So I will say, here's my exposure to LuLaRoe. And I, I know that I was, here's how I know I was late to the heyday. Um, and let me, let me, how can I, all right, it's currently to 2023. Mm -hmm. I think I noticed LuLaRoe when Solace was like maybe five. So we're talking like six years ago. So I think I, okay. I know I was late on the uptake, but here's how I know. Because okay. I had heard of LuLaRoe for a couple of years by the time I actually saw it for the first time. Okay. And again, in retrospect, I'm probably not a person that people are inviting to their housewife parties for a multiplicity of reasons. Sure. Um, my red hair, the fact that I'm fucking broke as fuck, the fact that I'm a single mom and can't get rid of my kid ever. Not that I'd want to, but he's coming to the LuLaRoe party. He's uh, yeah. On and on. The fact that I'm clearly not a housewife. So nobody invited me. So I didn't, I heard of it a lot, but I didn't actually understand what it was. I had a vague understanding that it was leggings um, and that mm. it, maybe it was other cute clothes. But what I did understand was that it was very exclusive very mm. expensive and really, really cool. Like the cool, like it was a name brand and I am mm -hmm. kind of a brand who are. So, uh, so I did understand that it was a brand that was a, a popular brand that people considered like top quality. Yes. Um, and then when I was finally exposed to it, it's because I do craft shows on the craft circuit myself. And I started seeing them at craft shows Um like as discount racks, like women who had booths mm. suddenly were like, here's my stuff in this craft show. And additionally, this weird rack of clothes that's 50% off. Yeah. And so that's actually the first time I saw. And then suddenly they were everywhere and they were 50% off everywhere. And mm. I, I did immediately think like mm, something's tanking about this company because everywhere I go, it's 50% off. But at yes. first I was like, Oh, that's really <laughs> cool. I've heard of this. Like, cool. I can finally get some for myself. And then again, it took me a long time to realize like, I don't like LuLaRoe. I don't like, mm. I think their products are really ugly. And again, I understand that they started cranking out uglier shit towards the end. So maybe there was a heyday yeah. of cuteness that I did miss. But like when I saw them on 50% off racks by a bunch of really miserable haunted looking women, I, I was, I kept looking, I was like, where are the cute ones? Where they must be at the bottom of the bin. Where are these, where's the cute stuff everyone's always talking about. And I kept going Every, every craft show, every time I'd see another sad rack of clothes and I'd be like, oh, I bet they have the cute ones people keep talking about. And it took me a long time to be like, they don't have cute stuff. This is an urban legend. 
it's that true. they make cute stuff. So I'm sorry, that that was a long story. That's my exposure to LuLaRoe. I so I've never owned a pair, but not for not mm. trying. I just like I literally couldn't even settle for two bucks a pair. I was still like, well, no, thank you. I don't like these. Amazing. I what a testimony that was. And I thank <laughs> you for sharing it. Sorry. Um, there it, it is. was it was brave of you. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm hamming it up now. But I do I do feel like it was a testimony and I do love it. Um that was honestly perfect. I kind of I kind of anticipated now again, listeners, you hear this all the time. Jesse and I from a very similar area, right? So yeah. I'm not super surprised. I kind of felt like, despite our differences in the way that we maybe were perceiving things at that exact moment um, or at any moment as humans, I figured that you probably were down with the sickness that was LuLaRoe um, in the 2010s up until mm-hmm. the beginning probably of the 2020, a little pre-pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think that the pandemic era is when we can officially put the um, yes. done It was logo. over. It was pretty yeah. much over at that point. Uh, just well, to and then everyone it. else like really mastered their loungewear at that exact moment. Exactly. So, and yeah. we cared a lot about leggings at that time. And a closer yeah. eye was taken to it. Gone was the business pant. Um, but seriously, we did. We were like, no, we, were, we need to pay more attention. And we're not wearing these dumb leggings anymore. Um, this is not to hate on LuLaRoe. I have to say we'll start out. My own story, and then we're actually going to go into the background and history and talk about some of that meaty stuff that we want to get to. Um, I will hold you off a little bit longer by saying that I am somewhere between a lover of LuLaRoe and where your experience was with hearing about it, getting a little bit into the mystery. Ooh, is it going to be good? Looking through the racks. No, it's not going to be good. I had that. I was a little luckier um, than you with with this particular group. Um, just in that I did find a few cute things. I thought nice. at the time, I tried to find old pictures of myself wearing them to see if I was wrong. Oh, Unfortunately, okay. I was not able to. And my taste, I would like to think empirically is not awful. But there were times where I leaned a little too hard into the bookish thing. And it was like obvious that I knew what Harry Potter house I was. <laughs> You know what I mean? And I'm worried that this fell into that category. So I I just need everybody here to know that maybe I'm wrong. But I will say that there were some shirts and maybe you saw some of these. But um, as a girl who during this period of time in my life was dealing with some body image issues, I put on a little bit of weight for the first time in my life. I went from being a very notably and commented on thin girl to having actual you know, flesh on the bones. And I was not handling that necessarily super great. I was also a conservative girl who was very invested in my modesty culture at the time. And Mm. LuLaRoe did hit me in kind of a sweet spot there. Oh, for Um, sure. That is the target. Exactly. So I wasn't a young mom, but I was. I was there as a good buyer, Um, not buyer in the way that I'll come to use that term later to say someone that's distributing product, but, Mm -hmm. you know, consumer, someone that was interested maybe in buying a nice legging. Um, So I did have a couple of pairs of leggings that were gifted to me or somebody else got. And then I had then this is the main thing I have to give praise to before we jump in these shirts that I was obsessed with that were loose kind of like tunic shirts. Yeah. I remember sort of like a banana boat neckline. Yeah. They uh-huh. had tight sleeves. Yep. And so it would be kind of flattering, but it would look sort of like you'd look a little bit like a fairy. I loved those. So shout out to right. those shirts. I don't remember what they were called. They had them in solid colors, 
sometimes. Oh, okay. That sounds if nice. If you could find one in a non-crazy solid color, because they'd often be highlighter tones, which of course were unwearable. Oh, right, Unwearable. Right. They would tank so many good patterns with the ugliest colors you've ever seen. But yeah. and I'm a color lover. You know this about me. I, oh my gosh, I love to have the rainbow of colors in anything, in an outfit. I don't care. But there's just something about the tones they were selecting. People liked them, I guess. I don't I don't know. I've never found somebody either. that could ever truly attest to being like, I loved it. I loved the colors. So I don't know. I, Let us know if you did. Me as well. I like yeah, the ones that I saw were also like aggressively patterned that I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. We're gonna get to that. The patterns I ugh, I don't know about. The leggings I couldn't get into hardly at all because the patterns were so outrageous. I remember one time I went to a show with some women that I cared about impressing a show, not a show, um, a showing of clothing mm, uh-huh. and that, a party. And I bought a pair of leggings because I felt socially pressured to. Yeah, They were uh-huh. too expensive. I definitely didn't have enough money for it. And they were not cute, not a good pattern. I think they just yeah. had some really obscure stripes, but they like didn't line up right. Anyway, I never wore them is the moral mm-hmm. of the story. And I did have to donate them to Goodwill because of course no one wanted to buy them for me. And I frankly didn't want the shame of selling them publicly. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, yeah. same. Yep. Just the one pair. It would be awkward. You know, like selling stock. People are like, well, maybe she just came into some stock. Who knows? Right. If you sell one, people know you bought that at one point and (laughs) thought you could wear it at some time. And you were super wrong. And that was just too much for me. So I shamefully put it in a good little bin. And I hope it's making someone happy with a different set of tastes than me. Yes. But it would never have made me happy. Okay. That was my personal recount. Jesse, any more thoughts that you'd like to share from the high level before we dive into the kind of more chronological movement here i think that's it um yeah no shame to people who liked lula row leggings no. i get the impression that there was a stage where they were pretty and nice and i just never saw that because i didn't get there till people were like desperately trying to unload like the stock they got in a dying company so that's that's where i saw them and it, and it was shitty so yeah uh, yeah I, I suspect I missed something good there. And I will say this. I hear they started with maxi skirts. I'll wear any maxi skirt you put in front of me. I love a maxi skirt. See, I doubt that you would wear these maxi skirts mm. with the patterns that we're talking about. Were they still because, really patterned? Oh, Ugh. listen, listen. The only the only outfit that I was able to find, the only piece of clothing was the shirt that I'm talking. Well, two kinds mm. of shirts, I feel like, that you could get in the plain colors and they would sometimes be okay colors. Every other item, dresses skirts leggings even in the heyday were all the pattern was kind of all the rage so but there could be i'm not going to say what it is but there could be kind of a reason for the needle in the haystack feeling maybe um, a little bit that makes sense so i think i think maybe we'll just kind of put a little dangling carrot there because i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but you're right and you're on to yeah. something and it's correct i think to put the disclaimer out there after we've ragged on what we've seen of the lularo products to say <laughs> we don't know what you've seen maybe yeah. you had truly one of the most beautiful pairs of lularo regging wow reggings try to say lularo leggings fast and see what happens because you just heard what happens <laughs> um very embarrassing no i'm kidding but you know it's possible that you do own that sort of holy grail and many Maybe. of you may. Could be. Yeah. I just never saw it. So I want to say that I'm willing to respect those products if seen. 
but I'm I have to see it first. Here right now when we make yes. a post about this on Facebook to let everybody know and on Instagram to let everybody know that it's here guys please comment with pictures of your LuLaRoe leggings we want your proud moments and your shame moments yes I will do my best to find photos I really couldn't but if I can I'll do my best to find some and yes I'd love to see everything you guys have for it I really I'm sure will. I can still find a 50% off LuLaRoe bin somewhere if I look hard enough so I'll keep an eye out all right Amron certain you can tell all right. me everything Let's get into it for sure. It's time to really take it back. So all the way back, you know, this is a really old group um, founded in 2012. So <laughs> we're going back about 11 years history wise here. And the year of the birth of my son. Oh, a beautiful year. Uh, it's a very nice year. Um, it was. I didn't think so at the time, I remember. But now I realize I was wrong. Mm. Anyway. It was a great year for fashion because it was the year that LuLaRoe was founded officially uh, Mm -hmm. in name. Um, LuLaRoe was founded by a married couple and their names are Deanne and Mark Stidham. Deanne is a businesswoman from birth, it seems. She always had that sparkle in her eye. Um, I don't mean businesswoman and I don't know if anybody ever means it this way. Maybe it's just businessman, but I don't mean that she's sleazy or doing a lot of backroom deals as you might juicily hope that I mean. I just mean that she's really seeming to be uh, a go-getter. And she is someone that wants to make money for her family using talents that she has. It's really honestly quite respectable. A Um, Proverbs woman? I would say she's a Proverbs woman. Yeah, she is. She is definitely starting out from a pretty pure place, I would say. I was hoping for some maybe more scandalous beginnings and we didn't have as scandalous of a beginning as I was hoping for. So worth noting, even though we are founded in 2012, I actually want to reel back a little bit to the 1980s to talk a little bit about Deanne because Deanne's businesswoman senses are really kicking up for the first time in the 1980s. This is when she meets a guy who's selling clothes at a swap meet um, and she's just interested in buying at this time because she is a mom and she's trying to be thrifty and she's trying to be smart. And she finds this guy and he's selling some really, really, really nice dresses that are department store quality, you know, fantastic. Maybe even tag still on. I wasn't able to confirm. And they're for a fraction of the price. And it's such a good deal that she realizes that other young moms probably would be interested in this same clothing, too, which is sort of where she gets very invested in the swap meet scene. And um, she starts hosting parties at this time. So the parties thing goes back even before the founding of LuLaRoe. The parties are always going to be gatherings of women. Children can be present because a lot of these are young moms, but gatherings of women who are um, pretty much exclusively young moms who are looking to not further distribute. This isn't like a vintage selling ring where everybody's buying stuff and then going out and putting it in their storefronts. These are truly practical people who are buying stuff at swap meets and then bringing it into basically a separate, very specific audience swap meet to further distribute and make a little bit of money. And um, she hosted a lot of these parties uh, in the immediate aftermath of coming up with this idea. And she has a lot of different reported amounts of parties during this period of time, but the most consistent sources that I saw said that she booked up to around 15 parties a week at her busiest time. Yeah. So she, when I say businesswoman, I mean, this woman was nose to the grind. So she was on it. She was working hard for her family. Um, 
like a bloodhound found the money and was going at it. And I wonder how much she was making at this time. Of course, no one knows because this is only going to be coming from her and her husband maybe at this time. But she is, she's cleaning up. Um, She is hosting these across Arizona, Utah, and Nevada. So these are, I was a little bit impressed that she was able to have such a consistent booking schedule hearing those locations because all of those are kind of places where they're a little bit spread out um, mm-hmm. with their towns and stuff. But so good for her. She's hustling. She's driving. Who knows? She's keeping up. Um, how do you do that? How do you? I have don't know. 15 parties. I literally don't have 15 friends with whom to get together in one party. I couldn't make it happen if my life depended on it. Yeah, I can't understand that. I really can't. Um, that is it just seems to be pure ambition. And she must have had a lot of friends, obviously. But the timing, the scheduling, how but do you do it all? Even, I run a huge farmer's market where literally the average attendance is 10,000 people per week. And we have 50,000 followers on social media. Yeah. And I, I'm in my fourth or fifth year of running this place. I can't convince our audience that we stay open in the wintertime. Uh-huh. We do. Yeah. We do. I we, make posts about it all struggle. the time. Yeah. I tell them to their face. I can't convince these people that we can, are open in the in the wintertime. So how then could I have 15 parties a week with different groups of people at each of them? I can't get people at an question. established huge event place to believe it continues to happen. Yeah. And we're in our 10th year. I'm just saying, how? 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 Deanne. It's truly impressive. I will yeah. say that a lot of things that I read about LuLaRoe suggested that a lot of the success that Deanne in general experienced throughout her life um, had sort of a dark background that we're already familiar with. And that's just the cost of raising kids and parenting and just being a family in the U.S. increasing massively during this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it just the cost of living is rocketing and we're getting closer to having a lot of tough financial stuff, which is coming up um, also within the period of time that we're talking about with LuLaRoe. And it just timed out really, really well, it seems like, for people needing things to be more cost efficient. Um, and so it seems like that could have contributed, but I still can't think that that makes up for the difference of the question mark in my mind about how one does 15 parties a week if you're only working five days that would be three parties a day obviously that's very basic math but like i don't know i mean three sorry carry on i just i just that's a lot of people to get together and agree to have you try to sell them something but all right carry on carry on clearly i need to work on my business stuff yeah. That's the lesson we are learning here. It's very true. It's very true. Um, I think th- so. Yeah. So this starts out here. I think that um, the parties maybe are not huge at this time, but she's definitely making money at, for, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's not content, though, with this incredibly seemingly successful business model at this time. She decides that she wants to learn how to sew herself at this point. So that's okay, what she nice. does. Uh-huh. Industrious. She gets to it. First thing that she's making are maxi dresses. Who doesn't love a good maxi fit? Okay. At this time in my life, 
historically, well, not in the 1980s, but we're a little bit past that now. <laughs> Maxi anything, as you've already called out, was so, so hot. So understandably, she leans into them. She starts selling those too. She was so pleased with this particular iteration where she's selling some of her own made clothing mixed in with the other clothing that she's kind of scouting out and taking to these selling parties that she does this for over 20 years um, and is successfully just that's pretty much the whole gap between where we're talking about her getting started with this and whenever she's founding LuLaRoe. That's pretty much her just being industrious and doing stuff that's above board, not tortilla ship shaped oh, wow okay. tortilla chip shaped but in fact just above the board real businesswoman stuff and she's making a good amount of money it seems like during this time um but eventually actually against her own will hilariously that's not true but not because she wanted to get started unlike some of the leaders that we talk about on this podcast um someone else approached her and said i want to start selling your skirts too that you're making because I think they're really cool and I think that people would want to buy them from me. Okay. And Deanne is like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. Um, I can see how that's profitable for me. Yeah. But I wonder how that might be profitable for you. Yeah. yeah. Hard, hard to know up front. So she goes and talks to her husband about this, Mark. Now, Mark, I sort of skipped over Mark a little bit, even though he was written right in my notes. And I feel bad about that because Mark is a Mark's a nice guy. Uh, Mark. Oh, is that's a, funny. I already didn't like him and I don't know. I don't have any information. That's I don't that's know if me Mark's and my biases. Nice guy, Go ahead. He's. <laughs> Mark is just sort of like a neutral party. I guess I guess I'm a little in the beginning you could describe him as a nice guy because he is um helping with the business that Deanna's undertaking. He is going okay. to the fabric stores, he's picking up patterns for her, he's coming back. Uh really the only note that I wanted to make about Mark at this stage is that this is kind of where we first see the pattern thing start to come up. Really early on, uh Mark is going to these fabric stores, he's purchasing cloth without having ah, her there. She let him pick- the fabrics well so i guess he was sometimes picking the fabrics and then also sometimes he would go and then fabric certain fabrics wouldn't be there you as i'm sure you know i do yeah there would have to be different pattern swap outs or what this or that so Uh mark is mark there they get used to the concept that there are going to be patterns sort of coming in and out of availability and the concept exactly and the concept that like there's only going to be a limited amount of of that pattern yeah. that are in that fabric you know yes so absolutely. that is yeah that's where that kicks off this idea that maybe this limited edition flavor is happening within some of these designs um but yeah that question are they always working with stretchy knits yeah yeah they're always working with stretchy knits they never deviate from that except maybe in the modern era which we're not really talking about with some of this mm-hmm. denim stuff which i can't that's, prove i would out just like myself. to put out there that's really smart because it it takes literally all the need to tailor anything out of the equation. And it's much more one size fits all. Um, although I will say this, uh, because I used to sell only stretchy knits because I used to make stripper outfits. Um, and they are, uh, it's are stretchy knits are really hard to sew. They're really hard to sew. So the, the fabric stretches as you're stitching it. It fucks up mm. your needles. It fucks up your machine. It's stretchy knits are just not fun to sew. So props to them for, for that, that, that was some, that's harder to do. Carry on. 
That's a great call out. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. It isn't necessarily the most technical or the most technically easy thing to go about, but it is really nice for people buying or selling in this format in terms of fits too. Like they yeah, can have wider definitely. ranges and yeah, it works out great. Um, but yeah, they always, they always keep it in that stretchy family as long as for what we'll be talking about. And um, yeah, they're always in it together. That's another thing about them. So Deanne, uh, getting back kind of into the story with Mark is that Deanne is approached by this woman that wants to sell the skirts. They want to make it a profitable business. So she goes to Mark and she says, husband, <laughs> uh, you're a man. Tell me oh, how no. we will make this work. Yes, that is something about her, it turns out. But yes, she's like, okay, tell me how this is going to work. They do, it seems like, collaborate together a little bit. But he tells her um, the concept of a pyramid scheme, basically. Uh, but he says it in more multi-level marketing terms. Does he like, refer to it as an upside-down umbrella of protection? He's like, <laughs> yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to take a triangle. We're going to flip it upside down. Um, no, it's... I would say... Yeah, I would say that it's watered down quite a bit at this stage, but he does just introduce the concept that, and now this isn't illegal, so don't come for me. I understand that. But he introduces the concept that she will, the the woman that wants to buy it, buy from Deanne the skirts for a amount that will give Deanne profit, having made them for her labor. Yeah. But then, of course, personally raise that price to something else to sell and make her profit margin and so on and so forth. Not that complicated. Um, but thankfully she had a husband to come up with that plan for her. Um, so got that taken care of. Um, so that's, that's where they kick off. Eventually um, she creates her first downline through this and starts making product. Um, it's that's technically her first downline creation whenever they start selling together, but it becomes an actual profitable relationship fairly quickly where this woman is coming back and buying product from her to sell. And that's what a downline is. A downline in an MLM is going to be someone that is below you. We're going to put in air quotes um, only in the fact that they receive a portion of the sales that you make um, through the fact that that product is coming through them. It's like a giant funnel system. And the lower you are on the totem pole of the funnel system, the less you are going to be making on the way up through the pipeline. Go so it gets it. a little bit more complicated when you add more people to it, but its roots are still there in that basis of, I have a good, you're buying that good at a certain rate and then inflating that price from there to create your own profit. Not that hard. However, like but it becomes a pyramid scheme when the when the person initially with the good says what and then you get other people to sell for you and you take some of their money. Is that when it becomes a, a fat bottom girl? That's exactly right. That's when we okay. cross over into that new territory. So it's it's okay whenever we're just a couple of people who are distributing goods. That's actually a very normal human thing. You're a merchant. Good for you. Yeah, right. um, yeah. you're, you're just being a regular person in society. But whenever this expands into a larger web, we're in pyramid status. That looks like, in particularly LuLaRoe's case, uh, other women seeing the skirt distribution, liking that, wanting to get in on the action. They see it's profitable. For some reason, the maxi skirt market is hot as hell where they're at. Everybody wants to be selling these maxi skirts. And so now, they're all... On. Yes. Sorry, I'm sorry. 
finish your sentence and then I have a question. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. All of these ladies want to want to be selling maxi skirts. So they're all coming to the original distributor, in this case, Deanne, and asking to have a piece of that pie. Um, But that's not what they decide to do, right? They decide instead to go through a referral system where each person, um, they decide who that base group of women is. I have no idea how that was decided. They have not disclosed it. But they would decide who that first group of women is that was immediately below Deanne. I assume it has to do with timing and relationship and how they heard about it. And then from there, women would file in underneath those rows of women as downline. And that would be the technical term that even they would use. And they would all basically contribute to a family in that line, um, person to person by referral into the group, the funds, with some money being transferred all the way to the top. Okay. And so, so Deanne at the top says, okay, these people underneath me, let's say five or 10 of them, they can all go out and sell, they can buy my stuff cheaper, go out and sell it at a markup and make money for themselves. And I'm making money on the initial sale. And then, and that's commerce. And then somebody goes, I guess Deanne goes, cause it's her company or I'm sorry, her husband, cause he's the one with the brain right. um, goes, Hey, now these 10 people can go and get 40 people and have them buy stuff from them and sell it. And Deanne still gets a kickback. Is that correct? That is correct. So okay. the pyramid scheme has the um, the money sort of trickling throughout where the people who are um, invested in the company end up, and now we're getting ahead, we're mo- this is a new point I'm introducing, they end up, ma- no, 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 you're totally fine, but, but I do just want to note that they end up making money, sometimes even more money through recruiting new people and getting bonuses of that from that because they want more people in the company that's good um why is that good because you have to buy into the company it's a product-based company yeah um so that's kind of i feel like that's the missing link that i want to connect back to that sort of waits us to make a circle is that they are making money through people coming in and purchasing product because unlike the first pyramid scheme that we covered haha shout out young living unlike them you have to purchase product that people are buying ahead of time because you have to have the stock for purchase you're not going to be going online to order something that someone wants post their purchase you're going to have that product and they're going to buy it from you and lularoe has a high price tag baseline buy-in is that right it does. That is exactly right. We are, I think, ready to talk about that. Oh, can I ask my question first? Please. Because you said that it, like they couldn't sell enough maxi dresses and, and that was like the hot, hot thing. So I just wanted to ask, are these women like homeschooly Christian types? Is that why they're so about the maxi dress? I think so. It's okay. hard to say, but it does seem like very similar to Young Living. This is a largely white homeschooling stay-at-home mom crowd. Now, the stay-at-home mom thing, like I said earlier on, unquestionable. That was the target audience, as we already talked of about. Deanne's 
beginning yeah. was with being a mom and she yeah. that was her passion that's her advocacy um that's also ends up being the victims of her pyramid scheme um yeah but i would say there were also other women weirdly i feel like a lot of school teachers got roped into this maybe it's the fun bright patterns mm-hmm. and colors but at least in the areas i was a part of there was mm-hmm. a lot of school teachers got brought into it um believable totally understand they're super comfy um they're super comfy clothes for for people that have to be a little bit more active but yeah i think that largely you're right you with the image that you have in okay. mind I was another just, like, christian girl the autumn aesthetic thing. seems to match that type okay yeah that's exactly okay <laughs> all right carry on so now Perfect. we're into now we're talking about the buy-in yes we're, we're, we're right about at the buy-in. So there's a okay. couple more notes I want to make pre-buy-in. Yes. Uh, the first one's kind of just a sweet little note, which is you may be wondering why the name LuLaRoe. Um, nothing devious here either. Kind of a nice thing. There you have three children, the couple that founded this company. Their names are Lucy, Lola, and Monroe. So that is a little ah. abbreviation of the three of them, LuLaRoe. Um, such a I don't sweet- hate these people right now, and I feel like I should, so I'm confused, but go on. I don't know if you're ever going to hate them. I thought I, okay. I thought they would be more hateable too. I think that they definitely will talk about why there are aspects of them that are definitely hateable, but they're not as easily on paper hateable probably as a lot of the people that we've talked about, <laughs> um, okay. especially in relation to these groups. Um, so yeah, sweet name. Uh, it's a nice thing to name your kids after your company, after your startup, uh, but I wouldn't recommend it in case things go really, really south and then their names are tied to a scandal about leggings, but um, it's okay. It's okay, <laughs> the true. intent was there. It was good. It is just a note I wanted to make if anybody's thinking about naming a startup and putting their kid's name in it. I don't know. Um, yes. So let's go ahead and yeah, let's just jump right into buy-in. Okay. So I think that that's probably the most important thing that we cover at this point, just considering our conversation. We're talking about young moms. What's the thing we talked about with young moms and young living as well? Looking for a versatile way that they can both be available for their children and generate finances because they would like to produce money. What would you you think? I was going to say metal toxicity, but no, you were right. I, was- <laughs> I love it. I love yes. So not quite. Um, so needing needing Lula. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Sorry. No, you. Yes, needing needing a little money. Um, so yes. unlike Young Living, and this is my last call out to them. Um, we talked about the fact that there were some good startup cost prices for what seemed expensive to me, but was uh, under five hundred dollars, more like the two hundred and fifty three hundred dollar realm. Um, that is not at all what we're talking about here. Oh, no. Yeah. No. With LuLaRoe, um, and there are a range of numbers you can find, but I looked into people's real disclosures, um, to make sure that these ranges were accurate. And the most consistent ranges are that it was between around $5,000 to $15,000 to start investing in your LuLaRoe business. Holy fuck. Um, that is not what you're going to find if you go look at LuLaRoe's website right now. Um, yeah. At some point in the 2020s, they obviously started doing a little damage control. This is across the board. I'll reference this with other things, too, I'm sure. But now if you go on their website, it says you can start as low as like $4.99 or something like that. Maybe $3.99. Um, what a shitty fucking gatekeepy bullshit yeah. level price. Talk about exactly. making sure it stays with your white Christian housewife friends. That's exactly. And gross. who are the stay-at-home moms? And this is why, you know, 
know, I'm not trying to like point at you as a demographic, but but like you were saying in the beginning, when you're not feeling like you weren't invited to these parties, this is probably why is because they probably were yeah, looking yeah. at you as a single mother, unfortunately, and saying, yeah, they were like, that's not someone that can buy dollars. in. You know, no, I could, I'm not yeah. judging each individual person that hosted a little row party near you, but I am like, I wouldn't be surprised because overwhelmingly that is the demographic is not just young moms, but young moms that also usually have husbands who are making enough yeah. money to support this yeah. happening at the time. However, even if that's the most optimal audience, spoiler alert, that probably anyone could see coming, that's not the only people that are going to get involved. That's also not the only people that are going to buy in at high costs, unfortunately. Um, people definitely are buying in throughout the this time and compensating with high costs by getting bad credit card deals, taking out short-term loans. One woman even uh, was selling her breast milk to pay for her LuLaRoe company, which all the places I saw I'm making that a face. Sorry, <laughs> you are all the places I saw that reference tried to make it sound more negative than it is to me. I'm not going to lie because I was a medium. I was like, well, that's a like, way to make money. That's kind of industrial, you know, Proverbs. Yeah. I'm liking it. Um, she's, if your she's, kid is done nursing and you can still sell your breast milk, I don't see the problem. I truly like people I don't sell think their that's plasma. Weird. That sounds way worse. No. I think that's way I worse. Either. And yeah, I don't think it's weird. I do wish that she would have invested in something with just a little bit more worth because yeah. breast milk is so valuable and it turns yes, out it these is. leggings not that valuable um mm. all and as all. a person who made breast milk it's a painful it's a painful uncomfortable mm-hmm. ugh, you're always moist ugh. go ahead uh yeah see see no the moisture is that you gotta ugh, that's not worth the the startup cost for LuLaRoe. Um, so only outraged on that note, but to that woman, honestly, I props to you. I think that that's very cool. Um, yeah, I hope that paid off. Yeah, but I hope so too. A lot of people spending a lot of money. I would say the average startup cost is probably on the lower end of the five to 15 range. It's probably going to be more like five to eight grand that people are investing. Still though, that's nothing to shake to shake your fist at that's a pretty serious number um and a lot of people i just found like an oh go ahead no i'm sorry i think we had a small lag i want you to say whatever you were gonna say oh this is this is like me and my own personal issues for sure but like i don't fucking like spoiled rich girls and like if if you have 10 fucking k to invest in your brand new leggings business I'm probably just not going to like you from the beginning. And and that might be me being a bitch. And I understand that. It's just like, that's not where I come from. And like, we're not going to see the world the same. And I'm not going to like your worldview. I don't like, yeah. th- these are not my people. If you've got 10 K in a, in the snap of a finger to go invest in like a, a questionable business. Also, we're like, you didn't make anything. You're just buying some shit and selling it. Like, I don't, these are not, I yeah. don't like you. I don't like you. It makes me mad. I don't like you're starting out at a, at an advantage over other people who could use it more and can never access it. You're so right. And it's weird because it seems like Deanne, and I don't really know what full economic background Deanne comes from. I didn't do a full background check, but it seems like she embodied more of the characteristics that you would hope to see in this type of situation. Uh. Yeah. Than most of that. the sellers. Yeah. 
Okay, you know what? If I picture Deanne taking advantage of these spoiled women, mm. I actually feel I like Deanne better. Okay, let's go on. I'm back on track. Interesting. Okay, we can kind of stay with her. I don't. We'll have to decide at the end if we're for or against her. Um, yeah. So one thing I want to establish right now that we haven't explicitly said out loud about Lularoe is that this is a well. We have. You've already pointed towards it. It's an exclusive deal. It's an exclusive situation. Uh-huh. And one way yes. that we really lean into the exclusivity is by doing the in-person parties. Okay. Yep. Yes. The in-person parties require you to be there to look at the stock, physically put your hands on it and purchase it. Often with cash or, uh, you know, for the more advanced, maybe square readers or something like that. But you're sort of turning you're just uh, turning your profit there in person, which is interesting. This is kind of an uncommon business model um, and a bit of a dying practice. There definitely was a lot more of this right before and probably like when DM was growing up, um, whenever we're talking about Amway, even like Tupperware, we're talking about I was Mary Kay. Tupperware, yeah. Exactly. Having yeah. these big parties. Um even the concept of having like a swan's truck come to your house and someone presenting you with product to buy in your home. Not that weird. But to someone like me, born in the 90s, I'm more like, well, yeah, I don't know why you would come into my house, even though my dad was a door-to-door salesman when I was a kid. Um, Did you know that in the Victorian era, there were door-to-door salesmen who would go around and they had tiny little perfect replicas of full-size Victorian furniture and they'd set it all up for you in your house and then you could be like, I would like this tufted chase lounge, please. I love that. I do too. It's a fact I learned as a child and I was obsessed with it. I thought about it a lot. I'm sorry. Back to LuLaRoe. No, no, not back to LuLaRoe. Um, back on the miniature furniture, please. No, I do have an obsession with all things small. So that is huge news to me. Um, yeah. Okay. Fantastic. This is great news. Um, that would be better. I would get into that MLM if I went door to door selling small furniture. Again, still stuck oh, on it. Tiny Victorian furniture. Oh, I am worked up about that. Okay. I have to just rip it off like a bandaid and get right back into the plot because I'm too distracted by what a Do great it. thing this is you've told me about. Sorry. <laughs> um, so you have to be in person. It's exclusive. Um, the ladies that get it, get it, literally. And mm-hmm. um, this is also about to hit absolute warp speed. Okay. So weirdly, we are already at the peak. We're already at the beginning of the end for LuLaRoe. Um, okay. The- oh, okay. We're, we're already what's going up. We're about to come down. Um, social media is getting hot at this time. You know it. I know it. It's on the yep. rise. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. It's what getting hot. Ugh. yes. Everyone <laughs> loved it. Um, I was sort of loving it. I wasn't allowed to have Facebook until I was 18. So I got to miss out on all of this. Thank God. Um, thank God. Oh, such a blessing. It seemed overbearing. It turned out that they were dead on kudos. Anyway, (laughs) that is a little shout out to my parents. So you have to buy in person. We are very impressed um, at this time to see a huge boom in the LuLaRoe business. It is largely because of social media. 
like I was talking about, you had the door-to-door aspect that was going on um, for a long time that required word of mouth or phone calls or, or being in person to even spread the news about the products that you had, the events that you were hosting, the whole nine yard. You didn't have anybody's ear unless you, you know, were putting a little bit more effort into it. With social media comes the invention of, yes, the dreaded Hey Girl DM and a lot of, that's right, mass marketing that people that are super unqualified to do it are doing using a lot of pathetic language. Um, I don't mean pathetic as like a, yeah, you're pathetic. I mean pathetic in the emotional plea type way. Um, They're reaching out. They're saying, you know me. My son has asthma. Um, I'm sorry. It's true. It was a very sad thing that was going on for a while. Uh, But also, also. I'm glad I'm behind the curve. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) You could have been a part of all this. Um. Also, though, at the time, this is when Facebook in 2015 specifically introduces live streaming. So we're getting closer than ever to the current. It's way easier than it's been historically to distribute things in this way. Now, it does not become possible to buy stuff online or anything. It's still required to have these parties. But it's so much easier to schedule the party, right? Because you can DM all of your friends. You can say you're having a little get together, but they're also going to be selling LuLaRoe clothes. I don't know how you bring it up, but you're working it in somehow. Uh And then you get together, you have baked goods, hot tea, maybe you have wine if you're super progressive. I don't know. And you buy clothing products. Um, And that's the model the whole time, right? From from the very beginning parties to the end. Uh, It's Uh just capitalizing on female connection, basically. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, other things, but definitely Mm -hmm. some element that's kind of pure in there. And some part of me does kind of ping a little bit whenever I criticize it because I think about nice moments I had going with female figures in my community to these parties and thinking there was something good there. But I think that's just women bringing something good to anything, frankly. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So Well, again, we like community. You know, we can find it in shitty places. Or, or mediocre places. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a good word for this entire for the entire situation. Mediocre. And let's get more into that mediocre mediocre behavior because things are going to go a little bit downhill. So from 2014 to 2019, with that live stream going in there in the middle, leggings, um, leggings are going to blow up on social media. They're introduced in 2014. That's the first time that they come onto the market. They haven't been a thing before that for LuLaRoe. And and so then they come on the scene. They're going to be the most popular item that LuLaRoe sells. Um, to this day, usually when you say LuLaRoe and you ask what products you think of, you're going to think of leggings, even though yeah. they did have other products. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those outrageously patterned leggings, 2014, for five years, they are all over social media. Basically, they say um, they are making quite a bit of money. The parties are increasing in popularity. Distributors are going up during um, the time from about 2014 to 2017. Um, remember the day, the year 2017. It will come back around. Okay. Um, <laughs> but another thing about this period of time is that it is um, part kind of really overlapping with the girl boss movement which i definitely felt yeah i felt really aged to see that written down because i never thought of it as like a movement i just thought that was like a trend like i was just like oh that's just like a little trend thing that was going on but like now people look at it and they're like yes 
right now Jesse is showing me a statue <laughs> that says girl power on it. It's a statue of a bronze woman on a on like a, a trophy base that says girl power. Solace got it for me for my birthday at Target. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So that's exactly what we're talking about. Lots and lots of statues that said girl. No, but there is a girl boss movement that goes on. It's the hashtag girl boss thing specifically that spreads around. It eventually becomes kind of memed. And now we kind of say, oh, you're such a girl boss. And it's a negative thing. But it didn't start out that way. It started out really positive. It was like, go girl where feminism's on the rise for some reason at this time, super late, uh, but feminism's still rising. And we're like, you know what? Women can work for some reason. That's the big thing. We're like, they can go to the office. I would like to give credit to Obama and his wife. That's where I'm at. The Obamas. Such a good point. Such a good point. Michelle did a lot for us in this category as as such a distinguished woman serving as first lady really was... Oh yeah, and she also so highly educated, and she shops at Target. Oh, there's literally nothing to not love. I could also get very sidetracked on this topic. I've had so many Facebook fights with people about just the degrees of wonderfulness that she is. Um, Oh, I will wade into the fray on that. Just higher and higher, you know. Absolutely, all all day long. (laughs) So I'm all about it. Um, But yeah, so the girl girl boss time. Yeah, girl boss time. Um, so they're leaning into that. They're seeing a lot of stuff in in their time here that you see in a lot of MLMs. Like, if you recruit enough people, that's going to unlock certain rewards for you. We're going to give you something special. It may not just be extra money. It may be a trip. It may be a cruise. There were some mm. of these cruises that happened. Uh, cruises that's that happened. Very MLMy, right? It's so MLME. Um, at some points, there were actually some instances in which such big promotions happened as performances by Katy Perry and Kelly Clarkson. Oh, wow. That's right. I don't yes. want to attend those. <laughs> I, uh, you, I, you're not totally excited and, and foaming at the mouth over the announcement I've just made about these celebrities? No. You gave me free Kelly Clarkson tickets. I'd go. She seems nice, but I would not attend the Katy Perry. That girl is just no. not my jam. No. No. Also, she married Russell Brand, who's my boyfriend. So that was on her. That was her bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So right, go ahead. So, so okay. So they were having like so their top sellers were getting. So they are really, really benefiting if they can take people on cruises and hire. Uh, the Katy Perry's of the world. That's exactly right. They are making a pretty good sum at this time. I'm glad you said that because it introduces nicely what I was about to say, which is that um, in all the hubbub of the same model that we talked about, Mark, coming up with in the very beginning, uh, we are seeing the buyers paying those startup costs, recruiting new members, um, doing markups. And by 2016, so pulling it back a little bit, but kind of mid this peak leading up to 2017, where things maybe start to go downhill. In 20, the 2016 time period, LuLaRoe had made um, or had reportedly sold, which is different than made. So let me backtrack a little bit there had reportedly sold $1.8 billion worth of clothing, um, which doesn't seem like a doable number, 
but is right. apparently true. I don't understand That's, that. Seems like like contributing to how we're going to kill the earth. Like that's a level of fast fashion. That's going to kill us all. Yes. I'm certain that that is not okay. Definitely contributing to fast fashion. Um, I will say that the difference between the product sold being at that rate versus their actual income, I would say would be really important um, because I think that the value of moving product and clothing can be a bit misleading um, because that money is definitely not all being directly pocketed um, by people. And it's not also to say that those sales, um, yeah, are totally reflective of what we might math through better i don't know how to say that in in better words but pyramid schemes are weird like that and the reporting can be kind of strange uh-huh if that makes so sense. as to make them look more like a rectangle precisely um so yeah that's that is kind of a kind of where it's at now the in 2014 reportedly um there were about so that's just putting us kind of mid-range in in this exciting time there were reportedly and this is across the country um for multi-level marketing schemes in general but there are apparently about 18 million people partaking in and selling multi-level marketing products in the 2014 era Um, so it was a very hot business tons of people were comfortable with the concept and um yeah, they were just already invested in what they um, were being asked to consume and get down with at this time when it came to multi-level marketing, it seems like. A lot of people knew somebody that was selling something. I wonder um, if this is and- partly because of the girl boss thing. I wonder how many girls were like, well, now I'll be a girl boss and all I have to do is like fucking write a $10,000 check from my husband's bank account and then I'm a girl boss. Exactly. That is the question that you have to ask yourself. Um, I think that that is no coincidence. I think that actually this is something we'll historically kind of look at as like a feminist wave thing. I'm not sure, but like this is definitely directly tied into like women's rights and also the recession within the economy that were the bounce that we bounce between and all of the little individual movements that have gone on. Um, I don't think it's a question or a coincidence that a lot of these groups came under scrutiny at kind of similar times together too, right? Like young living and LuLaRoe have weirdly similar stories in terms of when people start to get critical. Um, Probably not a coincidence, but also I don't know. There's, there's different reasons on paper for them doing so. So it does sound a little so interesting. That's such an interesting, like ego based drive. That's because uh, here just quickly. And then I will stop interrupting you. I swear. But do you know why I'm the girl boss? Like I'm literally the top girl boss of three separate companies. Mm -hmm. It's because nobody else will get their shit together. It's definitely not because I want three jobs. It's not because I deeply wish other people would like, also get up and do some work in the mornings but nobody seems to do that so then i'm forced to be a girl boss that's the reality of actual girl bosses 
We're not out of these streets trying to do this. It's just nobody else can do it. So just FYI, the reality of girl boss is that like, (laughs) there's no one else is competent and we're stuck. Just FYI. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's it's being overly glamorized. It is being overly glamorized and it definitely, this isn't giving the, the communities, the communities that are partaking in and being targeted by LuLaRoe are contributing to the problem, I would say. Um, They're definitely Uh leaning into the image of having it all together. And they're also... Yeah, exactly. They're leaning into that same thing that we saw from the Young Living distributors where it's like, am I not so put together and polished and don't you want to come over to my home or my Mm -hmm. other friend's home that's so nice and have a delicious cookie that she probably made in her lovely kitchen Mm -hmm. was kind of the vibe. Because she doesn't have a job. Right. But now that's probably not what's really going on underneath the surface. As as we both know, oh, most right. people's lives yeah. are not so shiny and glamorous. But I think that there is still this pressure, especially with the party hosting, to keep up appearances, yeah. which we see in mm-hmm. a lot of MLMs. I think ladies are, and this could be wrong, but I think people that identify as women maybe are more predisposition to put themselves in situations where they are like, I don't know, under that sort of like group pressure. It seems like men don't, the, the people that identify as men maybe don't feel as concerned about group dynamics and presence naturally. I get that. Yeah. No, I get that. But yeah. I could be wrong. It's, yeah, I don't know. But it seems like that is something that is happening a lot within these groups, nonetheless, um, regardless of if it's true in general on the gender scale. Um, they're definitely seeing some of that comparison stuff going on social media, of course, really leans into the comparative aspect. Um, So you're getting some of those more influencer-y people that are selling LuLaRoe products. You definitely have YouTubers Uh who have LuLaRoe channels. You have Instagrammers who are spreading out their product in nice ways. You're a big business owner, so you understand, but they're doing digital marketing basically Uh for product that they're not making. Um, And that's great. Everything I've told you has just been one big boiling, bubbling pot of goodness. And it is okay, just so like everyone's making money. These people yeah. that are putting in 10K, they're getting out 20K. They're not just so they are, in fact, selling what they're buying at this point in the heyday in the roaring 20s at at this at, at the in the ideal world and for the successful sellers and in the beginning, especially these people are making uh-huh. money. Now, it seems like I'm making a lot of clarifications because I am making a lot of clarifications. Um, And I I will get directly into that right now. Um, There is a rapid expansion of business after LuLaRoe is founded. So everything that we've talked about, um, the expansion is really rapid. We've already talked about the condensed timeline of this being founded in 2012. And then by the time we get to 20. Basically, 2017, um, things start tanking. And by 2019, we're pretty much in total trouble, even though the business is still alive and running um, in name. So we're definitely talking short-lived. We're talking about a really quick turnaround. Um, They're going up. And like I said, at the same time, they're starting to come down. So tons of people are enrolling. Word Uh is spreading fast. Unfortunately, all of this business helps. The parties are popping. People that are selling in the beginning are making quite a bit of money. They're buying more product. They're like, oh my goodness, this is the dream. This is the ticket. Um, And they just keep buying. And then that way is kind of like gambling, right? Because even people that are successful in the beginning may not be 
successful all the way to the end because they're buying a lot of product and if uh-huh. they're selling all their product uh-oh they're buying even more product next time because they have more people coming to their parties so it's an entire and then do they eventually saturate their market yeah Yes, they do. So all of the business fun stuff helps. They're getting absolutely benefited by cost and demand. Um, They're Uh having a huge benefit. I want to mention here that I called out earlier, which is the patterns being sort of limited edition, right? Because you've got all Uh of this mass product being distributed to all these places. You've got the yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got this treasure hunt of finding a cool pattern. You have no guarantee what patterns you're going to see at any given party. You may go to a party and see nothing you like and then go to another oh, one and see five things you like. Brilliant. That's interesting, right? That provides yeah. a level of consumer interest that is I would go more to every diverse. Party. Yeah. Yeah. If you were interested, it would almost inspire like a collector's spirit in you. And it's wearable. Yeah. And it's a community of people. And then you get into the group and it's like, well, I found these leggings. Wow. You know, there is this fun Mm -hmm. human element you're tapping into there. So I do want to call that out. And I think that's pretty sexy and interesting, actually. Uh And if you were one of those people that got into that, I totally get it because that sounds like a lot of fun. And I probably would have been more into it if I had the buddy for it. What if they had Um, like jumped off the rails right there and just become a leggings wearing cult? See, they should have committed. This is where Mm -hmm. the black and white thinking helps a lot because they should have leaned all the way in and said, actually, we're cult or we're business and started Mm -hmm. being totally above board and stopped doing the weird selling thing. And like they just went Hear that, Crystal? My black and white thinking wins the day. I think it really would have helped here because they definitely went to in the gray. Um, The main gray they went into is that despite Mark being a man, they have no real business knowledge. Um, oh, and okay. they they aren't prepared for this rapid expansion. Thought, so the supply but he had a penis. He I had know a penis. it's so shocking. I don't know if they checked, but uh, reportedly, um, as yeah. far as we know, he has a penis, and yet no, no business. business making sense. Okay. Yeah, no, right. he was not Doesn't able to do it. To me. Seems okay. confusing, but you know, could I understand it? In any case, I guess not. But he um, but he went in and started a multi million dollar company with full confidence anyway. He did. And that's that impressive. Checks out. That checks yes. out. Okay. Yeah. So he, so they've got no business knowledge. Things are not going well in that way. Um, the supply and demand is really benefiting them. Um, but there's a ton of demand suddenly. The supply is not great. They begin crumbling under the pressure immediately. Um, and things go south in a variety of ways. 2017, I witnessed as an ominous place. That is the year that of lawsuits, basically. Lawsuits and refunds. Everything goes to hell. Um, we're going to talk about both um, really quickly. So, well, so- somewhat quickly. So the, let's start with the refund situation. So one of the more fun uh, and gross aspects, so don't eat while you listen to this, and I'm serious, um, is that in the 2017 time period there was a massive amount of returns uh that ended up being made um over the products for a variety of reasons um there were a lot of defective leggings and they had different issues most of them were hole issues um they would get holes very quickly one report said that they was like tissue paper sometimes when they would get them and they would tear that easily the product quality would be so low Um, it was a pretty disgusting situation so whenever i told you that one 
$1.8 billion figure that they had sold at one point. That was kind of at their peak moment. They ended up giving back probably, I the, no, they're not going to want to reveal the numbers and they haven't, but they probably yeah. ended up giving back a devastating amount of that money um, in ref- yeah, refunds. Because I assume like now this is like sweatshop made, right? That's the only way you can do yeah. that. Okay, exactly. I'm assuming yeah. that's exactly what happens because they have no way to support the demand and things get crazy. Um, and the product quality shows immediately. So the um, th- at the time, the customers were able to seek refunds pretty easily. Um, and they were like, okay, um, you know, we're not going to do anything about this. We're just going to continue with our standard return process. But then it became a really massive problem. Um, There were so many issues. They were smelly. uh, They were moldy. The ripping thing seemed to imply that they were wet also at times. Like it was clear that this was just, uh, yeah, just not, not good. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, they were mass producing clothing at times where they were making um, millions of garments, it seems like, at a time. Were their clothes just- being moved like on pirate ships? Why are they all wet? I It's a good question. I'm guessing they were just trying to cut costs as many places as possible and were using very cheap transportation methods that weren't protecting them from the elements. They're like Um, in cardboard boxes. Gross. Exactly. Exactly. So it was it was pretty nasty. Um, And it obviously goes downhill. The company immediately starts taking hits with the refund problems. Um, But then things also start to go south with lawsuits as well. So one thing that happened in 2017 is that there was the lawsuit, the first lawsuit over the legging product quality that came out. Um, and it was, um, it was pretty, it was pretty bad for the company, at least in reputation. Um, not a ton of progress is made right up front with any of the, um, LuLaRoe lawsuits, but it does set into play just a lot of other negative sentiment towards the company. Obviously, if the products are coming in defective, they're not able to meet demands, less parties are happening, buyers are leaving, people are demanding refunds. Um, It's been been tough. Um, Over between 2016 and now, there have been more than 50 lawsuits filed against LuLaRoe or the owners of LuLaRoe. So it would be very time consuming to go through them. But a lot of people have lost a lot of money. Uh, People went through serious bankruptcy. People nearly lost their homes. Some people, I think, did lose their homes. Um, It was it was very bad. Um, You can understand how that would happen, like we said, because you might think, oh, why would you have such an unworthy investment? That's just the product of growth happening too fast and putting your faith in a company that couldn't be consistent because it seems like the product quality was higher in the beginning and then Uh just took a massive plummet, as you were suggesting, when they seem to have shifted towards just like trying to cut costs or going into uh, really cheap labor facilities um, and probably decreasing the types of stuff. Yeah, maybe Christians should consider morality when they're producing their products. Just thinking it's out loud. Definitely possible. Uh, but yeah, that's that's absolutely 
that's absolutely the case. At some point, LuLaRoe uh, did decide to pull back on their refund policy. They decided to do a cheap um, little change because they couldn't afford to lose any more money and tried to just mystify it and make it harder um, to uh, to return to return right sort of like the planet fitness gym membership cancellation that you have to do in person <laughs> at the place that you made it yeah that's just like that uh, just oh, kind of awful. making it harder and harder yeah so women that came in thinking that they would be in at a you know they're already invested at a high selling point things are going well they're buying a lot more uh lularo's making a lot of money um they are often incorporating husband wife teams right so everything seems to be going well and then it's not because they can't handle it it's crashing and burning everything happens all at once basically for them between 2017 and 2019 um tons of lawsuits come out like i said just tons the majority of those um more than 50 that i was mentioning came out right there at the beginning for them um Ugh. It's not, yeah, so it's not good. Um, and it just kind of continues to be a problem. Pretty much immediately, there are more people selling than are interested in buying. Um, that's a byproduct oh. of poor business planning. Um, yes. So this is, we get totally stale. And this is kind of ultimately the death of LuLaRoe in and of itself right here is that so many women are incentivized to bring other women in to start buying as their primary source of money that they bring in too many women that they know have no one to sell to. Everyone has the legging hookup. Now the market is totally dead. Um, oh my gosh. I'm sorry. This is the exact, I didn't know that this was how they died, but have you watched Shit's Creek? No, I've only watched parts of it. Is it is it very similar? It's funny as fuck. Uh, it's so brilliant. It's like some of the best actors and writers in the world. But there's a scene where, you know, it's about like super rich people that like fall in hard times. And they're like living in a motel in the middle of nowhere and they're used to rich people and rich people stuff. So they decide they're going to get rich quick by, by joining an MLM and... <laughs> So it's like a like a diamond encrusted face cream or something like diamond chips are in the okay. face cream or something. And so they, they get the makeup product and then they like have all the poor Midwestern townspeople over to their motel for a little party. And then they start trying to like wow. surreptitiously sell the products to them. And all of the townspeople are like, oh, this is so-and-so makeup. Oh, I'm the vice president of their distribution. Oh, yeah, no, I'm their, I'm their like secretary of blah de blah And like everybody in this dumpy Midwestern town has like a high sounding title in the company because they've all been recruited as sellers and it's already flopped. So they're like, oh, yeah, no, this makeup. Yeah, I'm a distributor as well. Yeah, no, we all are. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. They were that's probably it. vamping LuLaRoe. That's really funny. Sorry. Go ahead. No, okay, you're so they totally oversaturated. Fine. So you're sick. Okay. So uh, that's as a person who owns a business and does her own wholesale, um, I don't. This is a very strict rule of mine. I won't wholesale to more than two uh, shops in any given city because I don't. Yeah. Because I'm not trying Smart. to compete against myself. And I won't wholesale to anybody in my own range because I'm not trying to compete against myself. It's very smart. You have to have that sort of intelligence if you're going to be doing some business strategy because, yeah, it can very easily go astray, I would say. But um, these people, like, it, that tells me that these people had no thought at all for the people buying into their company because they 
they would have anybody it seems like anybody would set limits on yeah. how many reps you could have in an area or how could you not fail it's true yeah it's this is kind of the basic entrepreneurial planning that one should do ahead of time and then fortunately yeah they miss it and they didn't have time to figure it out in action because the business model was too successful this is um, a moral conundrum for me because i love stealing from rich white people but i really dislike taking advantage of families so this is tough for yeah me. it's Go a ahead. it's a tough it's a very tough break so let's let so we're gonna wrap this by talking through the most significant kind of lawsuits and then we can kind of pronounced okay. time of death i i think they're <laughs> so even they're crumbling they're trying they're, to keep alive they're crumbling because they suddenly had shitty patterns fucking market is shitty patterns and then they had mm-hmm. um stinky rotting leggings and then they yep. stopped allowing people to even return their stock and then they completely oversaturated their own market and they're being sued so yes. they've bunch I, of problems okay okay Yes. Yeah. So let's talk quickly through a couple lawsuit issues that come up. First, they're accused of stealing artwork to print on leggings. Um, I don't know if this is their fault or someone else's fault. I'm guessing that there's some cheap practices going into place to get the patterns and stuff. So maybe that's something that's happened somewhere else on the production line. But they are accused and sued for that. Um, Very serious situation, of course. Um, There is a class action lawsuit filed in 2017 by customers against LuLaRoe. This is a quality issue. Um, Uh They also um, they claim that the uh, there's a sales tax tax issue. I honestly don't understand sales tax well enough to talk through what was going on with that. But there was some Uh sort of issue um, on selling with state lines and the taxes and how taxes change between states and that being reported inaccurately. Um, and then also like no sales tax in certain areas being a thing. Um, so they had a lot of issues with that. Um, that alongside with a lot of complaints about that poor quality led the better business bureau in 2017 uh, at the beginning of the year to downgrade their rating to an F. So they were, Oh, we were in bad. trouble. The, B- the, yep, the BBB says you're in trouble. Later in the same year, uh, another lawsuit was filed in California that include that accused LuLaRoe of being a fat bottom girl, um, a pyramid scheme. The lawsuit said there was misconduct going on, of course, um, and that people were being encouraged to go into debt, essentially, to be a part of this business that was not going to be successful, which is fair. Um Another lawsuit that came up um, was was from the Washington State Attorney General's office, um, and that was pretty much the last. It's not the last because, of course, there were so many, and it, and we hate to judge significance, but I would definitely say impact wise, the Washington State Attorney General's office filing its lawsuit against Lularoe, um and also against Mark and Deanne uh, was was a pretty serious leverage against them. Um, they said it was a pyramid scheme as well. Um, and they just came in hard at them. Uh, more complaints from consumers came in at this time. And then the Better Bureau again dropped their rating to an F because I guess they had regained a little bit of status and then it dropped back down again. Um, and that was the status that they would have made in those like two years between when it would have been dropped. 
Um, Mark and Deanne, I didn't get an F in college algebra. That seems like uh, it's a pretty really tough. quite a statement. It's a pretty tough choice that they made there. Um, and yeah, I, 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 it's weird because I wanted the satisfying conclusion of being able to say like they were, you know, something, something was done. So my sat, my only thing that I can give you as a satisfying conclusion is that there was a settlement in relation to that Washington um, court case in 2021, the settlement came um, that Mark and Deanne had to pay, LuLaRoe had to pay $4.75 million um, as the settlement for that court case because they um, messed around and found out on that case. Now, it's not the same thing as getting a, a victory by any means because they are still up and running and definitely were a destructive business. And I know that the point of the lawsuit was to shut them down. Girl? Right. Yeah. Well, it's weird because I guess, I, I guess technically not the better business bureau has raised their rating up to like a C now. Um, again, however, I'm guessing that it's, I don't know how it's staying afloat, but it, it couldn't be out for super long. Not a lot of people participate in selling. Uh, there's not a lot of product that's out. There's not a lot of awareness. Um, it's pretty blacklisted, even amongst people that are pretty pro MLM. So I would guess. But do they only do direct sales now, or does it say? Like, can um, you be a I'm distributor pretty or no? sure you well you can still distribute for Lularoe. Oh for sure. Lord, um, still? I don't. I I'm going to confirm right now if you can buy directly from them. Sorry. You you Here. cannot buy directly from them. Holy shit, you still You have to connect. So this? now so now this is actually I did read about this and I wrote something down and I don't know where it went, but so now you can browse a retailer database online in order to see um who is nearby you if you want to connect with someone so you, it's not as exclusive in that way but you can't actually buy anything off of line crazy what this is like dating someone who's like in prison as a sex offender like we it's amazing we know you we have the information we need why would we go into this relationship why also a c is still a really bad rating c is the grade that i got in college algebra and guess what i'm very bad at cal college algebra yeah me too it's very fair it's it's an it's a it's an understandable issue yeah um that's upsetting yeah so after all of that defrauding and shittiness they are still distributor driven which, by the way, means that their products aren't quality enough to just put into a fucking store. True. That is true. That is the main thing to know is that they're just kind of hanging on. They really are just kind of hanging on. What's up with these grifty McGriftertons? Are they still rich? Are they feeling good about themselves? They are, it seems, still rich enough to keep the, the business running. They're relatively private. They don't seem super bothered by anything that's happened, and they definitely don't take a lot of responsibility uh, for much of anything. Um, they are, yeah, just kind of staying strong to the whole we didn't mean to um, thing, I guess, which is an interesting choice. Oh, um, that's but not cool. Yeah, they're just kind of resigned. Like, they're really not very uh, engaged with anything, to my knowledge, which tells me that they probably are doing okay, which I don't love. 
Well, they don't have great taste in music. I'll say that right off the bat. Yeah, no, they are interviewed in the uh, new, not new, but new-ish documentary that came out, um, I think, in 2021 called Lula Rich. Um, Yes, Netflix. They're interviewed in that, yeah, and um, they talk about it, and they are just kind of like, yeah, we're good with it. We feel fine about it. Um, They're just big into their zone basically they just they're in the narrative do they also have like a like a sex cult where they brand people or did they go ahead and just stop they could yeah what do we know wouldn't surprise me if they did um i really don't i couldn't say but i wouldn't be surprised i really couldn't Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah I so that 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 is kind of lularoe um i wish that there was as I've already mentioned, a more satisfying conclusion to this sort of sort of roller coaster. If the roller coaster was just going up, 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 and then dropping, and that was the end. Yeah, that's interesting. They got a real soft landing, as rich, pale people are wont to do. I guess they did. They sure did. Um, wow. They. I, guess, I will okay, say. Well. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I will say that, like. Um, yeah, most people know not to go and shop with LuLaRoe. I think that in the state of Washington, you because of the settlement, they probably can't distribute there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm guessing they, because that state has said, you know, we think you're a pyramid scheme. Um, but we're, it's the land of the free and the home of the brave. And uh, we're cool with letting some small business owners kind of skirt around for a while, especially if they're willing to do uh, dramatic interviews on TV, it seems. So what can you say? Commerce, commerce wins again. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's LuLaRoe. Uh, still wow. technically trying to hang on, but I'm calling it uh, definitely gone and not coming back. Uh, please don't surprise me. I never want to see that as a trend again. The dresses, the shirts could be comfy. It's not that I didn't like them. And yes, I want to see your photos, but... I'm not in any hurry for that to come back. Jesse. Let's thoughts? just call it. Lulero time of call death. Uh, November okay. 21st. Let's see. What time is it right now in Missouri? It's 10.05. 10.05 p.m. Dead. Time of death. Lulero, peace be with you. May you rest We're, in peace. Uh, yeah. Listen, uh, fast fashion, problematic. Uh, so Stealing true. from families, problematic. Not cool. Cruises in general, I find disconcerting. I don't like any of this. I don't like the pattern. I'm back on the patterns. I'm still mad about your patterns, LuLaRoe. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk Not aesthetic good. then. Are, okay, so this is a fat bottom cult. Are we? Are we Captain joining cult. this cult? Would we ever have? I'm not even invited. No, I resounding no. I'm not invited. I don't want to. I'm. It's a whole no. Beginning to end. Hmm. What if they had stopped at their peak and just made a religion around wearing soft and comfortable leggings? I still think I would have followed the trend back out. I think I might have been like, yes, this could be my religion. And then a year later, I would have been like, Target has a lot of matching sweatsuits. Yeah. 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 I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. I don't like the patterns enough. I didn't Mm. really find them comfortable enough. I, I, there's just a whole lot of no for me, but mainly it's the cost threshold. I just can't do never would have bought into any hobby for five grand at any point in my life. So I can confidently say no. 
No, certainly not. Also, I'm just guessing LuLaRoe, uh, not cotton, right? Spandex of some kind. Yeah. I, Which is like fully uh, yeah. an oil product. So yeah. <laughs> it's just another thing to not like smear all over your skin Probably all the time. Probably why ripping was occurring and tearing oh, like toilet paper or what so have you. Gross. So gross. Uh, yeah, listen, so I wear no. like antique clothes. Like I buy like antique, you know, camisoles from the 1800s and wear them even though they're like moth eaten and cotton thin because I just am so excited to be wearing a part of history. But yes, I don't want to wear modern rotting oil-based leggings i don't want to do that i'm giving no. LuLaRoe a zero and i have never given a cult an aesthetic zero never aesthetic zero i think i think i think i give aesthetic one maybe because of the shirts yeah. that i talked about i have to nice throw shirts. them the nod yeah yeah i have yeah. to throw them the nod i literally tried to steal one of those shirts from someone it was like a nice teal and she was like can i have that shirt back and i was like what shirt in hopes that she would be like Oh, I guess I didn't give it to her. Uh, but then she was like, the shirt that I loaned you, that's the, and I was like, yes, you can have that back. Cause I, I'm not a thief, but I was hoping to capitalize on some forgetfulness. I don't know. But I, I once ended a friendship to keep a skirt. Hell yes. You know, I was going to end it anyway, but I was like, this is my moment. <laughs> yep. Saw the opportunity, took it. And that's the kind of business strategy that's kept you in business for so much longer than Lee LaRoe. <laughs> right. Okay, well, this has been uh, quite a journey. And I do have to say, I did have some thoughts throughout it. Like, should I make lewd linens a fat bottom girl? Because this seems mm. to really be working out for them. But yeah, in the end, I don't like where they landed. Yeah. Okay. No, I think I think for now, it's a no on, on, on branching out. I'm here to buy in on your downline, you know, early on, need be. But but I don't think they've got the model worked out that we should be looking for as that inspiration just yet. We'll keep looking. Okay. As we, here's the final question as we close this out. And thank you for teaching me about this MLM that I really didn't know that much about. And I just felt, I just remember wandering through their discount racks and feeling really confused (laughs) and trying to find the cute thing that everyone kept talking about and being like, is this the cute thing? Is this the cute thing? Where's the cute thing? Like I was like, it's gotta be in here somewhere. So thank you for explaining to me like how I got to that day and that experience with LuLaRoe. Um, Here's my question to you for our final question, unless you have a final question and then you'll do that. Uh, But here's mine. If we were going to join, if an MLM were going to get us, what would they be selling? Other than tiny Victorian furniture, obviously. Damn, I was going to say tiny. I know. I mean, who wouldn't? It's so fair. I would say candles. Candles is good for me. Mm, I do yeah. love a candle so much, especially if it's like a beeswax candle, a soy candle. Oh, yeah. baby, we could get into it a little bit. But also, uh, I feel like there's more. I feel like we could do more uh, bloomers. Oh, bloomers for sure. Bloomers. Yeah. yeah. Um, underoos. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding yes. no, i'm locked into the clothes but i i do feel like oh it's hard to think bath outside products. of clothes bath oh, products yeah. if it was like bath bombs yeah, i could do really it nice well i don't know if it could just be bath bombs it would have to be like more than it'd be like bath bombs bath salts bath pearls that dissolve and turn pretty colors uh other stuff 
I myself am on a lifelong quest for the perfect chapstick. And even Mm. though I feel like I've actually found a few of them, I never stop looking because what if the next chapstick is even better? So maybe I would get into some kind of like moisturizing lip product cult MLM. I like that. I like that so much. Yep. Okay. So kind of the self-care. Spread the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Self-care for sure. I mean, books. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could do, I I could do a book MLM if it worked out right. You know, definitely. I feel like if there was some good reason you should be buying the book from me, I could just be a peddler of books, I guess. Oh my gosh. We'd be like school book fairs, just rolling around. Put a pen in this. Something is there. Something is there. Okay. I like Guys, that. Stay yeah. tuned. Now we're on to a business <laughs> idea. I do want to, I don't have a final question, but I do have a wrap up statement, which is that like Please. all MLMs, and you're going to hear me say this every single time I said it with Young Living, and I literally was a part of that company, but I wasn't a literal part of this one. So it's even more important. Information on these groups it do be weird. It do be scary. These are people that have been recently under investigation for claims that we're talking about here. That means that getting like the it perfectly nailed down is a bit of a challenge. That being said, feel free to let me know if you were a distributor, if you know more about it than I do because you read some book that I have no idea exists. I don't know. But let me know about the book. Let me know about the experience because it is a little it is a little challenging to sniff out what is the real truth of the matter. And I'm open to corrections and redactions. So let me know. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, send in those LuLaRoe picks. We want send to them. see them. Every single one of them. Multiples, please. Anywhere you like. And if you don't want to send it to the whole world on Facebook, just DM it to us and we promise to keep your secret. Yeah, you can do that it's too. Fine. Yeah. Uh, Private joy is also good. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Okay. Well, uh, what an interesting journey you have taken me on. Thank you, Amron. I enjoyed sitting back in my pumpkin sweater with my tea, talking LuLaRoe with you. It's been a magical time and the sweater is still looking as lovely as it was when we started recording. Thank you. And Thank you. I was so happy to be here with you. Thank you for letting me tell the story this time. I am excited, exhausted, and ready for you to be the one to do it next time. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, it is not going to be as pleasant as this. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not super surprising. These guys got off pretty well, actually. But we still have our eye on you guys for sure. All right. Whatever remains of Lula, the, the corpse dragging itself across the lawn that is now Lula Rowe. <laughs> We're watching you. One one eye open. That's all we need. All right. All right. Namaste. Hey, friends. If you are loving cults I join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. Or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at CultsideJoin on the .com, the Facebook, and the Insta, and then hit us there with all your comments, discussions, and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting!